welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Dolphins preseason preview for 2024. <laughs> I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and I'm joined by Nick Lord, who's currently laughing because of how long my flipping intro is. Hey, Nick. How you going, dude? What a do, baby. How's it going? Good. Mate, another tinny. Well done. <laughs> Mate, got a cracker tinny. <laughs> That's it. Well, you have to drink to look at the Dolphins team this year. Nah, it's not that bad. Uh, <laughs> Look, let's let's get into tonight. Oh, look, I've written the Dolphins instead of the Dolphins in their thing. Oh, God, I'm having a shocker. Let's have a look at their team here. So, look, there's a bit of contention around the fullback role this year. Could be Jake Avarillo. Could be the Hammer. I'm probably actually changing my mind predicting the Hammer for fullback at the moment. On the wings, uh, we're hearing word that Jack Bostock, the boss has won a spot on one wing. Jermaine Asako, top point scorer last year, is locked down the other wing. On the At centre, likely we have Jake Avarillo and Herbie Farmworth, who joins from the Broncos. In the halves, Sean O'Sullivan. And at this stage, probably Isaiah Katoa in the halves. Prop Tom Flegler and Jesse Bromwich. Jeremy Marshall King at lock. On the edges, Connolly Lemuelu and Felice Kafusi And Tom Gilbert, back from that shoulder reconstruction in 13. And on the bench, Mark Nichols, Ray Stone, Jerry Wallace, Kenny Bromwich. Although I know that's a pretty old slow forward pack, so that may change up a little bit. So Nick, looking at this team, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's I really like the changes they've made. I think they were they really outperformed their squad last year and especially missing O'Sullivan for a whole chunk of the season there. So I really like how the back line's looking in particular this year compared to last year. Um, yeah, much higher on them. Yeah, that's it. And I think that they had to move Hammer around a fair bit last year to try and cover up, some, patch some of those holes. So you had guys like you and Aiken in and out of the centres. You had uh, Val Tawari, who is looking a lot slimmer, about 10 kilos down, Nick. So in the centres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, they've spent big this time and bought in Herbie Farmworth. They bought in Jake Avarillo, probably in less money, and Tom Flegler. Uh, big news up front. Uh, they own a forward under the age of 30. Look at that. <laughs> so, look. I was let, just, just have a look. Where is you and Aiken? He's still with the Dolphins. He's still with the it's Dolphins. Oh, 28. Okay. Look, he might be on the bench. He could yeah, be yeah. He could be at centre, right? If, but with the word the Bostock's there, it's just hard to see who do you drop in unless Avarillo doesn't make the cut. He's the only other guy, right? Yeah. Did they... Um. Is Avarillo on good coin? No, I don't think he's on enormous money, but he's just trying to get away from the Bulldogs, I think. Because yeah, he, was, he, he wasn't... Yeah. Get, and he was, probably wasn't going to get a start there this year with their strike in the centres. Like, yep. Like I'm looking at that... Uh, at their centers and like Bronson Cherry and um, a few others won't get a start probably in that team. So good luck to Avarillo. But look, mate, how about you talk us through the 24 gains and losses? Mate, uh, some really awesome gains. So as we mentioned, Jake Avarillo is in for the Bulldogs. Herbie Farmworth and Thomas Flegler have come in from the Broncos and Oren Keeley's in from the Knights. Who on earth has seen? No idea. In terms of losses, Branko Lee, he's just Gornskis. I'm not sure if he's resigned elsewhere yet. He uh, was off to the there. Super League, but the contract fell through. So I think he's signed for like the Brisbane Tigers in Queensland Cup. Uh, Herman SES is off to the Super League with Hull. 
And Pawasa Farmacilli is off to the Bulldogs. Geez, he's moved a lot. And uh, JJ Collins remains unsigned. Excellent. And look, we got a couple of injuries to look at. Connolly Lemelu has uh, suffered a knee injury, but he will be back for round one. As will Ray Stone from that toe injury late last year. So nothing really carrying over the season. And obviously Tom Gilbert returns from that shoulder uh, injury that saw him sit out season past Origin 1. So Nick... I'm really interested here because the Dolphins have a very interesting schedule. Talk me through it. Very interesting, mate. So in terms of their buys, they're the buys round three, 14, which is a minor buy, and round 18, which is not in the origin period, but not one of the major or minor buys. In terms of teams, they have twice. They have the Broncos. Cowboys, the Dragons, Knights, Storm, Tigers, Titans, and Warriors. Overall, mate, uh, I've got the model to be the fifth easiest overall schedule. Now, in terms of breaking it down, rounds 1 to 12, uh, they're the second easiest, so it's a bit of a cakewalk for them comparatively. Mm. The origin period, sixth easiest, so still pretty good. And then the run home, ninth easiest, so that's sort of the middle. Um, that's the middle, I should say. It's not the ninth easiest, it's literally the middle. Um, pretty good beginning to the year, mate. they got the Cowboys at home. The, uh, round one, the Dragons at home, round two, and then they go into the bye. Then the Titans away, round four, and the Tigers at home, round five. So, so they don't leave Queensland for the first five weeks. Um, yeah, it looks like because yep, the yep, Titans are weeks, just down the road. Five weeks, yep. Yep, yep, yep. So it's pretty pretty good. They really could be uh, three and one or something like that, I think, um, to start the year, which would be pretty solid for them. Um, I, over the origin period, they get the origin-affected Storm in the round 16 major buy, and then they have the Rabbitohs in the round 19 major buy. So that really does sway some of their calculations there because they have uh, a few players out from each of those teams that are key players. Um, the last six are pretty difficult, mate, which is why they're sort of melt at the back end there. So they've got the Roosters at home round 22, the Warriors at home round 23, the uh, Bulldogs away round 24, the Storm away round 25. Now the Broncos home round 26, that's actually at Suncorp. So um, it's also a home game for the Broncos. <laughs> and then the Knights are away round 27. So pretty nasty on the run home. We don't know what the Bulldogs are like, but really those... Other teams are all top eight teams pretty much. So um, as, as you sort of alluded to, the schedule is extremely buy-friendly as they play all three major buy rounds and miss only one minor buy for round 14. So the non-origin guns are really tempting. Um, grabbing their attacking players at the back end of the year may be problematic potentially as they're not a top squad against a really competitive teams as I mentioned. So these non-origin guys, mate, uh, pretty, pretty juicy. Because um, you don't have to trade them out at all. You can just hold them all year. It, well, look, that puts a complexion on a couple of guys here. So let's have a look through. So first guy I've got here, Hamaso Tabuai Fido, 564k41 break even. So Hammer uh, is a good player. Really did have a bit of a breakout season for him last year. Played Origin. and looked pretty good in Origin, didn't he, Nick? Mate, he was electric. That speed and his, his actually strength and elusiveness was unreal too. That's it. And he might have put that into Nico Hines' origin career after, what, 10 minutes? So... Oh, mate. With that, oh, with that in that, mind... That was, that was Cam Munster, though. Cam Munster skinned him. Oh, but uh, Hammer, Hammer had the speed to get around the outside. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, in this case... Uh, Look, he looks to be in for Origin this year. So, unfortunately, with his value, it's one of those ones where he averaged 42.5 at the fullback position last year. Even if you put him up around the 45, uh, it's decent value. But it's one of those ones where, I guess, if you want a safe-ish center, you can get him. But he can also put out the occasional dud a game, like, you know, 10, 15, 20 
points. So it's one of those ones where it's a bit of feast and famine. I can see he's in quite a number of squads, mainly due to the fact that center is so awful this year. So the big thing for me, however, is that he will miss rounds 3, 13, 14, 16, 9, 18, and 19. And that's without him possibly getting a rest after playing 80 in origin so for me nick uh i can see why some people are keen on him but i'm i'm not really so he's an avoid for me yeah he's interesting it's that pricing um which is pretty juicy um so he's not quite in the 600 yet but um you know there's quite a few other options around that age bracket so i'm not sure he's the best one necessarily right yeah it's hard so really you compare him as a center here against the other options so i'm just looking around his price bracket at the moment and look if you just look just around his price bracket, you you do a little bit of a vomit where you like Marion Seve, uh, you and Aiken, Katoni Staggs, uh, Billy Smith, and you're just like, okay, I can understand why people are on Hammer, but I would either be trying to go low or maybe even a little bit higher, pick up someone who will uh, try and get you those top line scores. But yeah, anyway, Hammer, some value there, uh, and that may be what we have to do to get through center this year. <laughs> oh, that's bleak oh mate and especially with the split I, I don't know whether you've read through the changes this year just as a bit of Psychos Dolphins once will be pretty quick have you read through this uh, the Teamless Tuesday for round one this year essentially uh, the sp split split Teamless Tuesday that's it for round one so basically what it means is that we'll get four teams which will be locked in a week ahead of time and then we're going to get everyone else the week after but it means that if you compose your team badly you'll have all of the players who play overseas locked in to your round one squad but then you'll also have your captain and vice captain locked in so if you choose some dud centers uh some cheapies who don't get named on that first teamless user you might not have the cash to go and get a guy like hammer to fix your thing if you've spent all your cash elsewhere and they're all locked into play guys like Payne Haas, you know, Cleary and Hines, if they're your vice captain and captain, you, you just could all be locked in. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty interesting. So uh, I'm sure we'll have more on that as we work through all the teams, I suppose. That's it. So I think uh, at the end of the things, we'll probably have to talk about how to build a round one team list, right? Absolutely. Excellent. Well, look, let's talk about another guy who you might have in your squad, Jack Bostock, 307k wing fullback. So seems to locked up a wing spot. He'll do better than his 22 average as a rookie, but by how much is the real question there. So his guy will want to watch over the trials, probably looking further afield at this point for some cheapies, especially uh, you probably only want to carry one or two of these cheap uh, wing fullbacks in your squad. Just do the fact that often they take, they fluctuate a bit, right, Nick? So Mate, he's 6'4", and I'm just finding his weight. 97 kilos, big dude, big dude. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm interested because he, he averages 26 on the wing in reserve grade and 29, let's say, at center. And he's only 20. So um, if he's starting for them, because they've got a few like younger veteran sort of guys who have played for those different um, teams based in Queensland. Like they've got Tessie Yu lurking. Um, who else have they got on their team in the back line? I'm just bringing them up now. Uh, for the teams, they have uh, Edric Lee. Exactly. It's exactly. So uh, Avarillo is possibly a guy there. Robert Jennings. Yeah, so he's beating out a couple of guys that have been around the block for quite a while, so he must be all right. Um, yeah. Bit of potential there. That's so, it. But as, as, as you say, maybe look around elsewhere because he's well, not 250 or 260, right? That's it. And 307 isn't too bad. Uh, it could be good for your team composition, but the, that combined with the round three buy for cashies, I'm just not 
super keen on. That's all. Yep, for sure. Excellent. Next cab off the rank of for me, Sean O'Sullivan, 590k, 43 break even. So when he plays the full 80, he averaged 47.7 and uh, 44 and a half when playing over 70. He does a lot, but not all the kicking duties. And on the return from that pack injury last year, which he copped, I think, round three, uh, was down on running meters. So we can project him around that low, sorry, that high 40s to low 50s halfback when fully fit in their top squad, but it's a bit of a patchy pathway. So the only thing that I see for Sean O'Sullivan, which is a, a big upside, is that he plays all major buyers and two of the minor buyers. The other big thing is that he, I'm looking in the squad, would be their backup goal kicker. So if anything was to uh, happen to Asako, he would definitely be a buy for me. As it, as it is, uh, he's one of those guys who there's a bit of value, but just not enough to be worth buying. 100%. Excellent. Uh, two guys, really quickly, uh, Tom Gilbert, 653k47 break even. So I've had a really good look at Gilbert as he was injured during Origin and was unaffected prior. So he averages near 60 minutes for 47 and a half play big minute games. His PPM's on the lower side than we would like at point at one. And I had a look. I can't see a history of that more than that in this squad. So I like him, but I like, think that players like Ruben Cotter, Totola, RFM, and even Elliot have better upsides for this year. So Tom Gilbert might might reach for 700, but I think that's just about it, Nick. So look elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Just going over his prices previously, he's never really cracked a, a top tier yet, but he's still... He's still um, coming of age, I suppose. What is he, like 23 or something? That's it. He did look very good in Origin on an edge. His cardio looked very good, which meant that they, um, and Queensland looked a lot stiffer for having him in their squad. Yeah, dude, to start for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. I think it's the type of player that Billy wants. So that's the other thing. We're trying to avoid origin players, which brings us to Tom Flegler. 513k37 break even. So there is some value here. He's improved his output over recent season and moved to a new club on big coin. Should see that improvement in his prospects as he's not going to be playing second fiddle to that pack, to Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan in this pack. So he averaged around 0.5 ppm. So if we sit him for around 50-ish minutes, which considering that Jesse Bromwich is 34, right? And the rest of their pack is over 30 unless they bring in... Uh, who did they bring in partway through last year from the Dragon? Josh Kerr. So unless yep. unless they move Josh Kerr to the starting side, he'll be the only one in there uh, under 30 outside Connolly, Connolly Lemu Elu. So having a look here, if we sit him around 50 minutes, it projects him at around low to mid 40. So at around 45, he starts to become some real value. So if you do... Yeah, a bit. Yeah, a little bit of value. That's it. It's one of those ones where if you... He's, he's a little bit more explosive than Totola and has a little bit more attacking stats in him, but I just... I'm not sure that he's a game-breaker either, right, Nick? Yeah, I think the origin sort of schedule kills him because he's just too unavailable, uh, missing sort of half that origin period. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking half. that even if you bought him just to sell him around 13, we're still not sure of the value there, right? Yeah. No, no, no. That's not a bad chat. Um, I think I think he could make you 100K for sure, but maybe not 150, 200. That's it. So I guess... If he, he becomes very interesting because we know that he's set in. So if there's some bust in some narratives like the Totola one and the RFM one and Ruben Cotter, whatever else, we st- it starts to look like it's not going to pan out there. This is where Tom Flegler becomes more interesting because the, we'll just be looking for like five or six points worth of value middles, right? Yep. Excellent. Now, mate, you've got some guys who are actually worth talking about. Jeremy Marshall King. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mate, uh, JMK, 650K. He is 47 break even. He averaged 47.3 last year. So he's a career average 48 hooker um, when he plays over the 70 minutes. So in 2023, he played 13 games over 70 minutes for a 51.2, with his Achilles heel being 3.4 missed tackles each game for a 6.8 demerit, which hurts. Uh, if we can get that down to 1.8, then he'd already be a mid 50s kind of guy but i can't see a path to a high 50s and 10 points of value here so whilst uh you might get that eight points i don't see that 10 plus points which makes it a bit brutal so would you take him or reese robson oh neither to be honest fair enough or read money uh, i don't like read money either excellent easy yeah, hookers. Hookers, honestly, a wasteland. Like I'm, I'm thinking cheese and lustic at this stage, just because I'm not really settled on any of those other hookers. I mean, Jerry Marshall King. Um, the minutes are definitely there because uh, who's going to pinch minutes from him? Um, if so, you fit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just see you know eighty minutes, fifty ish, sort of, you know. But um, that's not really much value at this time of year when really you can pick up Lustig and Cheese who can really make you that cash and then you can sell them onto a gun potentially later on. But I've got nothing wrong. If you just pick uh, JMK at the beginning, you just hold him all the year and you say he's just a pure um, uh, availability pick, then I've got no problem with that. Excellent. Yep. The only other guy I've got my eye on is Epi Coruscant. So but I'll wait for the Tigers podcast to talk about him. Uh, mate, another guy, if you want an outright gun hooker, Herbie Farmworth, what are we thinking about? <laughs> gun hooker? <laughs> Sorry, gun Six, gun centre, mate. Oh, I'm having a shock. Six, 646k, 47 break even. That's what he averaged last year. He only just turned 24, mate. So really uh, going to enter his prime this year. Uh, very reliable last year, playing 23 games for what was a career year, upping his average from 39 to nearly two. Uh, 47. 39 and 40 to 47. Sorry, I just I swung it across multiple years. So it's 39, 40, and then 47 in 2023. So really bumped it up from his last two previous years. Um, everything clicked in 2023. So in 2021, his base was awesome. And, his, and in 2022, his try scoring was awesome. Um, but in 2023, he actually had both going for him. So that's why he sort of hit his career high whilst maintaining his 20. 21 base stats. So uh, his real challenge is how is he going to come from the second best team in the comp to a bottom third team in the comp? Um, it has a real bust feeling here as a Dolphins offense won't be humming in the same way the Broncos from last year. And the opportunities won't be there either uh, in the Dolphins infrastructure. So he was running off Ezra Mam and Reese Walsh, who were very devastating uh, down that left-hand edge last year. I just don't see the same space, opportunities, attacking flair and threat that Walsh provides that just gives fun with all that space. Uh, even if Hammer is playing fullback, I just don't see it there. So I think he's just going to probably be mid-40s kind of guy, but not not make you any money, to be honest. Any disagreement with this, Stu? No, I think I think slight regression, same as Steve Crichton. So makes yep. sense. Yep. Uh, Jakey Avarillo. So for 47K, 33 break even, and he averaged 32 and a half last year. He's just a center. So if he's named at fullback or on the wing, he'll get that DPP, which would be nice. And uh, it's usually handy having a center playing the fullback, generally speaking. Um, only problem is Avarillo averages 31.3 in 17 games to fullback, which is kind of what he's priced at. So um, he's played for the Bulldogs, who have been an absolute basket case with no identity no consistency in any positions anywhere on the field. So you can sympathize that none of these factors lent a positive statistical output. Uh, it would be a massive punt that theoretically uh, could come off um, by just not being at the Bulldogs. We're going to see a lot of that this year with the turnover from the Bulldogs, by the way, is we're really testing the theory, uh, leaving a bad team and um, positive fantasy output. So here's one thing, okay? 
the NRL average fullback is averages 43 fantasy points and the mean is 45. So who's dragging down the, um, sorry, the median, I should say, is 45, not the mean. So who's dra- dragging down the mean? It is Seb Chris with 29.4 at fullback, Hayes yeah. Perham at 32.7 and Tyrell Sloan at 33.8. Literally, those three stunk up the joint being so bad at, as a fantasy fullback last year. So, you know, if you sort of think, okay, well, if he's playing fullback, you'll put in a decent effort um, with a better team, an actual position of fullback potentially that's potentially his. You can really imagine Avrilo being a high thirties, maybe a forty-ish kind of guy. But that's what that that is just what it is. It's just imagination. A center, he's a thirty-three type of guy, and a complete waste of time discussing any further. So. Um, He's just too big a punt to take round one, I think, Stu. Yeah, especially at centre. So if centre, it's definitely like 100% avoid. And elsewhere, yeah, it's it's a lesser version. So makes sense to me. Yep. All right, let's keep on kicking on. That's uh, it. Yeah, it's, I'm having a look at the rest of this club. Look, Connolly Lemuelu, unfortunately, didn't keep that dual tag from last year. So uh, there's no real relevancy for him. He was really just a very good centre, pretty average edge. And I'm just having a look through the rest of their top 30 squad here. Isaiah Katoba's 386k as a half. You know, we've got Kyle Flanagan around 350. Isaiah Katoa 386k, so maybe a little bit more for a guy that you know is sort of one of the first choice halves, Stu. Milford's nowhere to be seen, we think. Um, I think they're trying to sell him on, but couldn't find anyone, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> oh, much. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, look, Josh Kerr, if he works his way into this squad. So apparently he was trying to push himself for a top team squad, but I don't know whether that was just taught himself talking himself up. Probably. Josh Kerr's never really been all that fantasy relevant. He's sort of mid 400s kind of guy, I think, previously. That's it. So look, I just, I'm not seeing anyone else here who's that massively fantasy relevant. Ewan Aiken's overpriced as a center. So look, I think we're done here. So thoughts? Oh, Jermaine Asako. Jermaine Asako had an awesome year last year. Maybe a decent draft option, but he's nearly 700k. I, I would try and swerve him in the draft because I reckon he will be way above his average um, position this year. I, I'm not sure that he will be the top point scorer again this year, Nick. He was uh, a try game. Uh, Three goals a game, 166 running meters. Pretty awesome, eh? It was. So yeah. I'm, and, I'm and, expecting and a bit over of four tackle bus. Over four tackle bus. Yeah, it really was a career year for him, wasn't it? It really was. Like he went from left right out at and loaned to whoever to the Titans and getting cut from them. <laughs> So yeah, brutal, the, eh? when you were cut from the Titans two years ago, mate, that's that's a pretty poor spot to be in. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I would probably just try and only pick up him in one of the later rounds. Like I'm thinking round six to round probably 10 for Jermaine Asako, depending on how quickly the wing fullbacks are going. So to sum it up, maybe Flegler. Maybe Gilbert, but Jerry Marshall King looks to be the only one you'd be happy to see in someone's round one side, right? Sure. Although, interestingly, on the Dolphins website, Jermaine Sacco is classified as a fullback, not a winger. Huh. Anyway, so that would be really weird. If he ended up at fullback and he had, what, Hammer and Farnworth, then... That's that, not a bad shout. Then that would, be, shout. that would be very, very interesting for us. So... Anyway. He, he averages he averages thirty four at fullback. So and he's a couple of years better because that was like twenty twenty when the Broncos were stinking it up in the league. Uh, yeah, no. So it was uh, six games in 2020, 13 in twenty twenty one, and then six in twenty twenty two. So yeah, sort of all over the place to be honest. Fair enough. So in that case, yeah, look, there's certainly be some interest there, but again, he's just priced so high. Unfortunately, like just coming off one of those boom years. 
even at fullback, I think I'd avoid. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, with that in mind, this is the Boom and Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast preseason preview for the Dolphins signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.